0: This episode of Into The Wild is sponsored by Leica Sport Optics. It's well known and proven that connecting with wildlife and nature can improve your overall well-being. So why would you not want to turn it up a notch by getting to see things even closer and clearer with a set of binoculars? It's what I have done and I have not looked back. I can't recommend enough checking out the range of optics that Leica have to offer. A great range of kit with superb optics and they even have payment plans if you don't have the cash up front. I wouldn't shout about a company on the show that I haven't used or been impressed by. And it's important to me that companies we are partnered with have the same values as Into the Wild, which is why I'm proud to give them five thumbs up. If you wanna check out more of Likers Range, then visit their website that can be found in the write-up of this episode. And now, on with the show. Hello everyone, and welcome to Into the Wild, your weekly podcast all about wildlife, conservation, and nature. I am your host, Ryan Dalton. As always, thanks for clicking play on the pod. Well, um, sorry for that intense start. <laughs> I've had three coffees today. I've had three, right? Three coffees. If anyone needs advice about caffeine intake, it would be don't have three coffees before two o'clock. <laughs> Makes you a bit manic. Um, got a lot done though, got a lot done. Uh, welcome to the show everyone, lovely to be talking to you again, how are you all been? It's so, I don't know, the rest of the UK is getting rain, but not the south, not London. We've not had rain for about two months. If anyone can send some rain this way, much appreciated lads. That'd be, that'd be lovely. I went for a walk around Regent's Park on um, on Wednesday. And it was just a savannah of orange and dust. That's all it was. The only bit that was green and colourful was the kind of the ornamental garden. Ornamental, was that a word? You know what I mean. The ornament plants, ornamental plants, that's definitely a word. That was the only bit of a bit of colour. Um, oh, it was, so, it was so horrible. But we, we need some rain. This is, this is the weirdest summer I've ever had. On that note, though, a few people, a few of my friends have been messaging me going, I want to do more for wildlife in the summer. It seems like we should be doing more. What can I do? And something I realised I'd forgotten... I've been forgetting to do is just putting some water out for animals. We, we talk about it all the time, the importance of it, but I quite often forget to top it up. So A reminder to you all, make sure you've got a little dish of water out there at the front and the back garden if you're lucky enough to have both um, or on your window ledges or anywhere like that just for some animals to have a bit of a, bit of a drink. You know what I mean, mate? Right, anyway, on from the bloody climate crisis and onto to some positive nature news because as as things are, uh, there are some positive things going on around the world. So we're going to jump into 60 Second Nature News and damn, I've got some nice stories coming up for you lot. So, 60 Second Nature News is a little installment we do where I, as quickly as possible, usually around 60 seconds, read four stories from around the world about wildlife, nature and conservation. So, deep breath. <laughs> Let's go. Marks & Spencer in the UK announced this week that they will completely ban the sale of disposable barbecues in all stores after recent wildfires across the UK, many of which that were blamed on the use of these such items. Butterfly conservation shared a conservation success with a whopping 185% population increase of the Duke of Burgundy butterfly in Kent. This threatened species can now be seen in six new sites with a total count of 534 butterflies across 13 colonies, which is up from just seven known individuals in Kent in 2003. The largest community buyout in Scotland, the Langholm Initiative, has now confirmed it is going to double in size from 5,200 acres to 10,500 acres across two more properties after raising a further 2.2 million. The initiative has said that the reserve would help tackle the nature and climate crisis whilst also boosting community regeneration. And finally, a sea search volunteer from the Marine Conservation Society has discovered a new species of sea slug visiting the UK waters. This multicolored slug is mainly found further south in the Atlantic and has only been seen a handful of times across the entire world. And that's the end of 60 Second Nature News. Jesus, I should have a coffee more often before doing... (laughs) doing. Looks like I've dropped a pill, not had three coffees. Christ. Keep it in, Oscar. It's staying in. Right. (laughs) That's the benefit of being independent. Anyway, on to today's episode. Uh, We're on episode three of our live recordings that we did at Global Bird Fair. Oh God, three, four weeks ago now. Um. So this is episode three with the wonderful naturalist and Leica ambassador Maya Bambrick. It was lovely to meet Maya and also get to spend a bit more time with her because we we're both there with Leica. so we we're wandering around Global Bird Fair together, you know, sharing our views on the world <laughs> and talking about this lovely planet, uh, its inhabitants and um, this beautiful industry that we all work in as well so it was lovely to actually get uh, to spend a bit of quality time with her and get to know her a bit more as well uh, before the actual episode and also just to ask her about all the work she's been doing. Maya's been working incredibly hard from her bird ringing, her work within the birding community, her writing and she's been in a film called Skyward which is, I've seen some clips from it, it is absolutely beautifully shot, uh, it, like tranquil to watch. It is from someone that you lot know, I'm not that into birds, but I was gripped by the, the, the scenes I was seeing from this film. It's had its London launch um, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be released soon. So I'll put some details in the write-up of this episode, but look out for it. Follow Maya on social media and look out because it's a wonderful, wonderful film. And it was lovely to get the chance to talk to Maya, finding out where her interest in birds had come from and the challenges that Maya has faced from a young female birder and young female naturalist working in this industry. What kind of barriers does she kind of face and also just being out there in in nature and as a young woman as well like what is that like so it was nice to be able to talk to her about this openly and honestly and and, and get her view on it as well so really excited to present this chat uh, this this episode is quite simply titled a chat with maya bambrick Right. Hello, Maya. Welcome to Into the Wild. Hello. <laughs> nice to you? meet you. Oh, yeah, nice <laughs> to meet you. This is the first time we met. Um, How are you enjoying Bird Fair?
1: I'm really enjoying it. It's been great to see lots of people I recognise off of Twitter and everything. <laughs> it's so weird.
0: Meeting people for the first time. Yeah,
1: so it's odd. Seeing someone on their profile picture and then seeing them in real life. It's Have quite... you had
0: to walk around, literally, with just a load of profile pictures going, no, not yeah, that Yeah, ticking them off. I've yeah.
1: seen this person, or seen this like person. Like weird Where's Wally version. Yes. You
0: know? <laughs> well, welcome to Into the Wild. It's lovely to have you here. Thank um, you. Before we get going, do you want to stop by telling us who you are mm-hmm. and what you do?
1: So I'm a 19-year-old birder, a wildlife photographer, general nature lover. I'm currently at university, at Bournemouth University, studying ecology and wildlife conservation. Um, I'm also a BTO um, youth representative nice. for Dorset. I'm a Leica ambassador and a few other things. Uh, it keeps me busy. <laughs> you're like, say the, that. the list is long, yeah. right? The list is <laughs> I long. won't say all of them, but uh, yeah. yeah, work with quite a few different organisations to sort of get young people into nature and things like that. Nice, and
0: so nature has obviously been with you for a long time. It has. With the natural world, what is your favourite? Is there something about it that you just absolutely love? Is there something specific you can pin and say, that's what I love most about the natural world?
1: I think it's just how much you can learn. I think yeah. I've been into nature now since I was about eight years old. So it's over 10 years now. And there's just so much more to learn. Yeah. Um, there's just infinite amounts that can last, last you a lifetime. It's like a so. film that
0: doesn't end. Yeah, exactly. That's what I, exactly. always, always That's what what I like say. about
1: yeah. it. Because there's, sort of i used to really be into birds like that was my main thing didn't really look at anything else <laughs> um but now sort of since lockdown i think i've sort of really expanded what i'm interested in so insects and plants and everything really fungi it's just sort of yeah never-ending
0: we've been the reverse journey because i for some reason ne- i think because i'm tall when I was growing up, I never looked up. So I never... Birds okay. were, wasn't my thing. I was always yeah. like, I wonder what's down here. So I was like okay. lifting up logs, looking for plants, mm-hmm. looking for fungi. Yeah, bad back though. I had a terrible back. <laughs> <laughs> absolute <laughs> awful posture growing up. But I never looked up. So there, I, I'm now, you know, 32 and I'm like, I don't know much about birds. I've never looked. And originally, I will say this on the podcast, I was like, eh, they're a bit boring. They're all got feathers. They all fly and what? Awful. But but yep. and lycra not paying me to say this <laughs> but you know i've been open my eyes have been open to stuff and I've, I've had a big draw into like birds of prey okay i've always been kind of interested in them but then it's like i think that's like a starting point so like if i can get into birds of prey i'm going to see different birds but you've had the reverse so you started with birds and then went into everything else
1: uh, yeah i think it's quite i think probably you're maybe a bit different but i yeah. think from, <laughs> from what i've heard most people i think get into birds like a lot of my friends are a lot of young sort of people into nature and they mm. seem to be birders, um, first and foremost, but then sort of branch into other things. Like when you get into summer, yeah. there's birds that are sort of molting, and they're not around as much. So then you get into insects and it sort of goes on from there and then you might go into autumn and fungi and everything yes, going yeah. on. So, yeah, I think it's sort of so much going on that you could spend ages trying to get your head around, you know, there's massive books of insects. Yeah. I've got one at home, it's like, it's ginormous and I'm sort of trying to get through, you know, dragonflies, butterflies, the easier things to identify and then maybe sort of delve into the harder things. A little bit later (laughs) later on. Start simple, that's what you're saying, (laughs) right? Yeah.
0: Um, And for birding for you, I know how people get into nature, Mm. and I've asked people like Indy and Lucy this before, but how did birding start for you? How did you get into that?
1: So um, I didn't really have a normal sort of like the start most sort of young birders I think had. So none of my family were ever interested sort of in wildlife. Yeah. Um, Maybe sort of vague interest in gardening and things like that. Uh, but not, nothing to do with birds or like wildlife or anything but um so I think it was I was around sort of eight years old before that I used to do street dance so really? I was really massive into street dance for That's about amazing. six years I was doing street dance which is <laughs> so quite sort of a different thing to do still street dance now? I'm actually thinking about getting back into oh, it next 100% year. 100% of it. Yeah. Try and mix these two Space things together. <laughs> yeah, I was like, collaborate them too. I'm not sure how that'll work though. Maybe a few no bird one's tried movements. By it. No one's tried. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was into that. And then I really don't know what got me into it. I think it could have been Springwatch. Oh, okay. So Interesting. I did used to love watching Spring Yeah. Um, used to dance around the living room to the theme song, believe it or not. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I got into Springwatch. And then from there, I sort of dragged my mum out to places, like local parks and my local nature reserve. Yeah. Um, And then from there, it just sort of, yeah.
0: Built and built. Built
1: and built, but I started off really with photography. Mm. So um, I got a little sort of bridge camera and I used to sit in the hides at my local nature reserve for sort of hours and hours. Yeah trying to get pictures of woodpeckers, mainly, kingfishers, <laughs> things like that, much <laughs> to the my mum's Maya delight. Rolled her,
0: rolled her eyes when you said that, as if it's like, I'm done with them now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I would still say my favourite bird may be one of those, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I sort of spent ages like that. And then it wasn't until I was about 13, I think, that I went to a bird camp run by the British mm. Trust for Ornithology in sort of Norfolk. I think that was 2013. Yeah. Uh, No, 2016. And then um, I sort of met other young people that were interested. And I was like, wow, like there is other young people that are into wildlife.
0: Did you think it would be a career? Did you, at any point growing up, did you think, this is exactly what I'm going to do? Or did that kind of shift? Because I think, again, from my perspective, I grew up and I didn't have people around me, even friends that were that into nature. So I kind of grew up going, it's going to be so hard. The only thing I could do is a zookeeper. That's the only thing. I never thought about filmmaking. I never thought about conservation being a job did you have that
1: I think I never sort of thought much about it I think it just developed but I mean at school I was science is always my best subject yeah. so I was always really into science I still am now not just sort of wildlife and everything. Yeah. all science interests me but yeah it sort of developed and I think as I got into sort of later secondary school I realized that yeah I could actually go into this as a career and I sort of spoke to other young people that were interested mm. and I had several viewpoints and then Speaking to sort of older uh, people that sort of uh, were already sort of working in conservation and everything yeah. that made it sort of oh yeah I could do that when I'm older. Um, obviously, sort of things about not being well paid everything sort of does dawn on your mind occasionally. Um, but it was something that I really wanted to uh, go into because yeah. it's sort of my it's always been my life, really, sort of, since eight years old now, I've just, everything, my spare time outside of education, really. It has been on that. Now, I mean, it's my education as well, yeah. so <laughs> it's basically... You're
0: doing, you're doing it at the same time, you're yeah. learning about the job, you're actually doing at yeah, the same exactly. time. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's what I really like, I mean, I sort of was at school and I really liked biology a science, yeah. but, and then art as well, so I used to really love art, drawing and painting and Hence, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to, like, do photography, obviously I still do photography now, um, but... It sort of went from there, and um, in secondary school, I sort of got to about year 11, um, year 10, and I was like, yeah, I want to go to university. Like, yeah. like that would be something. I did, it didn't really dawn on me anything else, like, that could be possible. It was just always wildlife, conservation, like, birds, like, everything to do with that. Yeah. It's just, I've never thought about anything different, I don't think. Like, That's amazing, Yeah.
0: <laughs> What's your favourite thing about birding, if we focus it on... On just the activity, what was your favourite thing about it?
1: I think it just has so many benefits for mental and physical health. Mm. When I was in school, I really suffered badly of anxiety. Yeah. Uh, so I used to not be able to go to school some days because I was sort of couldn't get into school because of it. But then when I sort of went to a nature reserve or my local park, it really sort of made me de-stress yeah. and sort of complete like distraction. It really yeah. helps you focus on something. And it was just being out in nature, it's so good for you. Like lots of walking I was doing, I still do a lot now. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps me fit, <laughs> many miles. But um, I think it was just being outdoors, is just so good for you. And I don't think it's sort of talked about enough, especially for students.
0: Yeah. Um, I
1: write an article actually at the moment, and particularly about university students, I think it should be more sort of well known and sort of encouraged for, you know, students to go out, uh, nature reserves or local parks or just green areas around them. As being a student, can be very stressful. Obviously, yeah. you know, I went through GCSEs and then A levels, which were um, sort of, I had most of my sixth form online.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, and then
1: all my A levels were not really exams, they were all assessments and everything. And that was, it was easier, but more stressful because it was sort of over a long period of time, but about to 25, like about yeah. 25 little assessments. And it was stressful and being able to go on that sort of one walk a day back in lockdown was just, it just felt like a complete refresh and I think it's really sort of benefited me that way and obviously meeting other people as well and forming a community around it with the organisations I work with. Um, Some of my close friends are sort of, I've met through birding so it's been really sort of helpful to me
0: I think I think we're not, we've locked with lockdown as well because we were at, you actually had an allocated time mm, mm-hmm. or not time but a period of time you could go out I think many more people saw the benefit because you took it there's yeah. so many days even now if I'm working at home I might not go out for the day mm-hmm. but I didn't think about that in lockdown I thought I have to go out for that one hour so I started to see the benefit more of going out and going I actually feel better So do you think that was something as well that you started to realise?
1: I think it was just in that lockdown period having the time. Because before I was sort of either doing work for school or out with my friends or not really, I'm quite a restless person. I won't sit in one place (laughs) for a long time. I like to be doing things all the time. Um, So having that time that I had to be in the house, I had to sort of, you know, sit down it's really made me think about how sort of grateful we should be for the natural world yeah, and how much we would miss 100%. it if, you know, um, we carry on with the way things are going, what might happen, so... Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and Burden is it's a very male dominated thing yes it's, let's uh-huh. i mean I, I was in my head then i was like be careful how you say this but mm. actually i'm not going to be careful how i say it. it's very male dominated it's dominated by a certain demographic age-wise as well and that's not me being ageist saying that it just yeah. is how is it for a young woman like yourself to be in that industry do mm-hmm. you ever feel like an unwelcome feeling or do you ever mm-hmm. feel like pushed out from it or do you ever feel like it's not, not for you, because I guess you connected at such a young age, mm. so you know it's for you, but do you ever feel that kind of clashes with
1: um, I don't. Life? I can't say that I've ever felt uncomfortable. I say I've been looked at a bit funny. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, quite often, when I'm out with like lots of gear, young women out with like, yeah. all my camera and scope and everything. And when I go to most reserves, you know, it is older, yeah. mainly males, <laughs> that's yeah, what yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. But certainly from my experiences recently, Going to BTO Burkham so I helped out this year. I went up there. I've definitely noticed an increase in young women getting into really? it at a younger age. So I remember when I first went sort of in 2016, it was sort of a quarter female and then three quarters male. But when I went this year, it was equals.
0: That's amazing.
1: So I think it's really going in the right direction. And from what I hear and I see of different people, young people getting into it now, um, it's definitely equaling out. Um, but, I mean, at my age, I think there's not... I can't really think of that many sort of young women that are into it. I don't know why that is. Yeah, that's the but, thing. Um, I'm the
0: same, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I know they're there. Mm-hmm. I know, because, like you said, these places exist where... Yeah. Even we're here at Bird Fair today, and you can still see plenty yeah. of young women women uh-huh. walking around. But then I don't know any. Yeah,
1: I think it's representation, as with them. I think. Yeah. I think, you know, these TV programmes... And media really need to improve with sort of mm. bringing a more diverse representation in, yeah, especially yeah. sort of young women, because you know, you get the same presenters, you get the same like, you know, storylines and everything. And yeah. you need we need to hear new things. Like I'd love to see a sort of Spring Watch more um, you know, more sort of storylines on urban areas and you oh, know, ditto, yeah. Because I mean I've grown up in a very urban area. Mm. Um, sort of with my mum in a terraced house in Crawley, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I was never privileged from a young age. Um, I sort of not really traveled very far, um, but sort of seeing people online and everything really helps, you know, on social media, young women yeah, yeah. sort of in this industry is really sort of inspiring. And so I think that's why I like to, you know, work with organizations I do like, like her and uh, et cetera. Uh, because I really want to combat stereotypes. Yeah. So, and you know, show the young women it's possible, like you can do this no matter your background, no matter, you know, how privileged you are, you can go on and sort of inspire others and uh, help with conservation and things like that.
0: Do you feel like that was more of a barrier if anything else was the kind of, you know, the access to nature in a way? Because like you said, you know, similar vibes, I grew up in Bracknell, which is not too far away from Crawley as well. So I know very similar to the type of environment you had. And whilst I had green spaces around me, there's different priorities when you live in an urban area. There's different social pressures when you're in that compared to if you're in places like the New Forest or the Lake District or something like that. Do you feel like that was more of a barrier for you to kind of go, that's where the representation issue is, is people's access to large areas? Like you said on Springwatch should be presenting, in maybe more urban areas because that's where the majority of people live.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean... I think you need to show, I mean, like 80% or something of people live in urban areas. So why are we not showing more more of that? (laughs) I know my my good friend David Lindo does a lot of uh, work with urban birds and everything. And that's really inspiring. We need to see more of that. Yeah, totally. Um, But I mean, I think sort of access to nature was quite a barrier for me growing up. Um, I was quite lucky that my mum sort of took me places and um, sort of around Sussex and things like that. But getting to any further places, you know, abroad or um, even like I couldn't go to bird fair before because, you know, trains are very expensive and things like that. Like being able to come up to places like this um, and sort of I think even growing up in an urban area can sort of put you at a disadvantage because you're not surrounded by nature the whole time. I mean, you can find nature in anywhere, uh, but it's a bit different from sort of growing up in the countryside and being taken out by your parents and things like that. It's different. Um, so I think I've sort of done it by myself a bit because I've gone out there, you know, and found opportunities and got things funded for me that I wouldn't be able to afford and things like that. Um, So I think more needs to be done, and I know the British Trust for Ornithology, the BTO, are doing a lot of really good work opening sort of combating barriers yeah. for young people like they do an equipment donation scheme so you can apply to go and get equipment and i know that's a huge barrier sometimes I was say, that's one of the
0: biggest barriers even yeah. Like, yeah i had that same thing i could never afford any of that kind yeah. of stuff growing up
1: i mean i mean the first pair of binoculars i think we had a were rsbb and things like yeah. that and i think i got that for my birthday but they're only cheap <laughs> ones <laughs> yeah it's,
0: it's, it is one of the big things i mean i can say i the only pair i've got is in the last couple of years and i'm, I'm in mm. my 30s and it's because I have never had that money to
1: yeah, expense spare, yeah. out. I've
0: never had that. So mm-hmm. it was um yeah, it's, it's, it's a big barrier that needs to push. But that's great to hear that organisations out there are recognising mm-hmm. that and saying how yeah. can we combat and mitigate those kind of things.
1: Yeah, more needs to be done with that, I think, definitely. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, right, favourite bird, go.
1: <laughs> I'm going to have to say kingfisher.
0: Kingfisher is kingfisher. Yes. Nice.
1: I think it was like one of the main birds that really sort of got me into birding as a whole. I know some people can say it's a bit flamboyant and it's a bit <laughs> sort of eccentric, but um, I, li- I like it and I've got one tattooed actually on my leg. Have you? Well, <laughs> yeah, so, why a yeah.
0: kingfisher? So, what is it about the kingfisher that you love?
1: I think it's so, they're so difficult sometimes to get pictures of. So, when I was growing up, Uh, trying to get a good photograph I think it was just like the challenge and then sort of being so fascinated by them because of that you know learn about their behavior and trying to get a close-up view of them and things like that that really sort of made it my favorite so it's the challenging part and my blue is my favorite color as well that helps that helps exactly
0: (laughs) (laughs) um I want to talk about your new film Skyward I watched the trailer floor last night which looks incredible so tell us what this film is about what what's going on with this film
1: uh so it's about two uh young bird watchers so it's me and my good friend arjun and it's about us growing up in an era when there's climate crisis biodiversity crisis and how sort of birding is helping us through that nice um and it sort of shows us sort of in different aspects of our life, uh, sort of in school, with our friends, you know, out birding and doing other things to do with birding, mm. like bird ringing, for example, has sort of followed us throughout growing up. So obviously it can be a difficult time being a teenager, you know, yeah. growing up, fitting into the world and everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it sort of shows how birding has helped with that. And I'm really looking forward to for it to come out because yeah, I it think it's going to show yeah. how, you know, two people from different backgrounds, to sort of usual, I think, bird watchers, um, are making it sort of their careers um, and making it their hobby and everything. Uh, so it's gonna be really good, I think. So
0: how did the idea come around? Did you? Did, was this an idea of yourself that you just wanted to present these kind of backgrounds? Uh, so it? I
1: was actually asked to do it. So Amazing. Arjun, uh, firstly, was asked, and then they were looking for a young sort of woman who was a birder and into wildlife, a teenager. So Arjun actually recommended me. Thank you, Arjun. (laughs) (laughs) And then they got in touch with me and then we sort of filmed it over a couple of years. Amazing. Uh, They came into my school, my sixth form. Um, How was that? That was interesting.
0: Were you like, this is embarrassing or did you just roll with it?
1: Um, I think by then sixth form uh, majority of people knew that I was a birder
0: yeah, yeah.
1: and I was into birds and wildlife because my head teacher really liked to put out anything I was doing which was very right. nice it was so nice, supportive because yeah. I actually I made a wildlife garden in my school so that was my project during sixth form so I think everyone sort of knew so when the camera crew came in it was a bit of a like oh <laughs> what's going on here <laughs> um, but yeah everyone was really helpful and so my friends from Sixth form were in it as well and I did a presentation uh, for my EPQ which is an extended project and I filmed that whilst I was being marked at the same time. Wow! That was on red listed bird species so <laughs> it wasn't too difficult. Um, so it was quite interesting but yeah I enjoyed it, it's yeah. an experience. It's, yeah yeah
0: definitely. Yeah. Um, and you talk about, you said about like dealing with a like, climate crisis and biodiversity crisis, this is, uh, this is something I asked Indy and George w- earlier today as well. But as a young person, how how do you deal with that on a personal level?
1: I think it's just taking small um, steps, you know, to combat it yeah. yourself. I mean, as an individual person, we can sort of influence people and we can try and encourage, you know, governments and everything um, to change policy and to change everything to help. But we can only do so much, I think. And especially for one's mental health, I think you need to... Um, sort of take small, do small changes. I mean, eat less red meat. You yes. know, fly less, and simple things that can really help. Because it can be overwhelming. Like if you it's read so every article <laughs> and everything, and listen to every you know TV program about it, it would be too much for any, anyone. Um, yeah. So I think you just have to think, what can I do? You know, how can I influence people around me? Um, so make a positive change. Yeah. And then I think that makes you feel good about yourself and everything. And I think you need to sort of minimise how much you're looking, you know. It's good to stay updated with what's going on, but to be constantly looking at, you know, Old oh, schools it's and that. It yeah. is just too much, you know, you can't you can't cope with that. No there's one can.
0: thing being informed and then there's being yes, overwhelmed. Exactly. You can become obsessed with
1: that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, so
0: one has yeah. before, I yes. will say. Well, yeah. um, and when is the film out? When can we expect to see it? Uh
1: so I believe it's gonna be out sort of August, September time. Lovely. Um so I'm really forward to that coming and where's out, it
0: coming out? Are you, well, Um it, so I believe for? it's
1: coming out with the Guardian films. Wow, yeah, so it would be out hopefully on my social media and sort of
0: nice. um,
1: hopefully shared across social media and everything. Um, and this took a
0: couple of years to make, you said, so it was real. Was this over COVID?
1: Uh, yes, so wow. some of it was. So, obviously, PCR tests and you know, masks <laughs> and everything possible you could think of yeah. was, um, uh, so they actually came into my house as well and filmed me in my bedroom. Well, so, and, this is what I was going to say. Yeah. So, what can
0: we actually expect? So, the, the, the film is for you and Arjun to kind of show. Bird in and you I guess in your life Yeah. but what yeah. can we expect from watching that so what kind of scenes uh-huh. can we imagine
1: I think um, it's sort of to take you into a, another little world I think because it yeah. heavily uses Bird song so I think it really wants to show um, as well sort of the mental health benefits yeah. you know how relaxing because the film I've watched it and it is relaxing you know how, sort of how I felt that from it. the trailer yeah. the trailer
0: was so like tranquil mm, that's what I thought yeah. from it, yeah. I think
1: that's what they wanted to put across because I mean that's how me and Arjun do see it, you know, burden is like that yeah. uh, most of the time <laughs> when it's not <laughs> a Twitch or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it sort of wants to show, you know, how young people are interested and combat, you know, stereotypes, because that's what I sort of strive to do. Um, so, yeah, that'd be really good to see. I think.
0: What would you like to work on in the future then? Because you, th- this challenging stereotypes is something I've, I'm feeling that is very a big, pa- well, it's a big passion for you, for you. How would you like to try and challenge them in the future?
1: I mean, as a career, um, my dream job would be to be a TV presenter. Like, that, that is what I want to do. Um, I've got a real passion for presenting and everything and showing, you know, young people and everyone, really, that the natural world is so amazing and there is so much people can learn. Um, I really want to show that, you know, young women as well. I mean, I'd love to obviously be able to, you know, yeah. be a presenter on things. Obviously, I know that can be very hard to get into. Yeah. So, you know, I'm branching off and trying to do things. Create your own things. opportunities,
0: Maya. Make yeah. it happen. So, Make I know. It
1: happen. I mean, I have been doing vlogs, so I've yeah, done 100%. about over 60 or something now, little vlogs. I mean, they're not professional, I think, but they, they do the They'd job. They've be been made. They've been
0: made. <laughs> yes. They've been made.
1: And I also enjoy, you know, writing articles. I really enjoy that. I was never particularly good at English in yeah. school. I passed, but um, <laughs> but I do really enjoy you know writing and different forms. Yeah. Um, you know, photography as well is a big passion of mine. Um, I really like wildlife photography. Um, I sort of do that whilst birding, so it can be quite. So you can difficult. mix all of these yeah, things. Yeah, into mix it all one together.
0: together. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Nice. And using social media and everything yeah. to get other young people interested. Yeah.
0: Um, and the last question is the into the wild question is if you could pass on one bit of advice onto everyone on the planet regarding the natural world, no matter how specific and niche, what would you pass on?
1: I think I would say, don't be afraid to share your passion with everyone else. Because I think I grew up in secondary school and I didn't want to tell anyone because I was sort of scared that people would think, what, like, she's a bit of a weirdo, you know? She's into wildlife <laughs> and birds, like, what is that about? Yeah. Um, but I sort of, as I grew up, I thought, what? why? Because it's such an amazing hobby to have. Yeah, it is, and, yeah. And, I mean... People that are interested now are going to be the people that, you know, save the planet and save species. So I think don't be afraid to sort of show your passion and share it with, you know, your friends and your family and share it on social media and everything uh, because it all really does help.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, you know, I really agree with that about sharing your passion. And I'm going to quickly tell you something that Mm. happened to me, an example of how nice this is to watch. I was at the Royal Entomology Society event and a lady there called Erica McAllister who studies flies. Yes, yes. She's wonderful. We walked into the main bit of the room and they had certain new displays of books that were coming out. And the newest book, she screamed with excitement and ran over and picked up one. I'd been waiting for months for this to come out. And it was simply t- titled Fungus Nats. That's all it was about just wow. Fungus gnats, and she screamed that. with excitement. Um, but she showed her passion for this exactly. one type of animal, and I was uh-huh. like, Now I'm interested yeah, exactly. in fungus. You've got <laughs> I'm enthusiasm. like, what is about fungus gnats yeah. that I'm missing out of on? So, you're right, showing your passion could just mm-hmm. like flood everything onto everyone. So, it yeah, can, definitely. Well, my lovely to chat to you, I thank cannot you. wait to watch Skyward, I'm so so excited to see it. Me um, too. so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're like, Yeah, me too, <laughs> yes. um, but thank you for coming on into the wild and enjoy the rest of bird fair. Thank you for having me. No thank worries. you thanks again for listening everyone if you'd like to keep up to date with the guests that have appeared in today's into the wild episode then you can do so on social media their tags are in the write-up of this episode also you can follow us on social media at into the wild pod on twitter and into the wild podcast on instagram and if you'd like to get in touch about into the wild or ask any questions or suggest any ideas for some episodes you can email me at into the wild at A quick note to say that all the opinions and expressions expressed in today's episode belong to the person that said them and do not represent those opinions held by Into the Wild or anyone that we work with or are affiliated with. Into the Wild always aims to be a free show, however running it is not free. If you'd like to support us and say thanks, then you can do so by buying me a coffee. Our Ko-fi link is in the write-up of this episode. Until next time, keep well, stay safe and live the good life.